Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast episode number 110. We are here having conversations with our coaches um, about the power of words and specifically the power of words to believe new things. So when you think about the power of words, um, the power of words that we say to others for sure matters. But what we're really focused on is the power of words that we're saying to ourselves. And oftentimes we give permission to ourselves to say things to ourselves that we would never, ever, ever be okay with coming out of our mouths to say to somebody else. Or we'd never be okay with our children or our other athletes saying those kinds of things to somebody else. We'd be like, no, we don't speak that way to other people in this family, right? Can you hear your parents saying that to you? But for some reason, like it's okay to say it to yourself and the power of words for yourself, I think is even stronger than the power of words that you say to somebody else, because at the end of the day, like your voice is the one you hear all day long. And so we really want to talk about the power of words. So let's start the conversation by um, what are we, we, we always want this podcast to be, you know, what you would, what athletes need to hear, but also as coaches and parents, what, you know, what is it that you need to be doing to support your athlete? And I think for this one, it starts with you. So let's focus in on the you. What are the words that you're saying to yourself? And so, um, Amy, Ali, Ryan, if you would chime in with what are some like really powerful, negatively <laughs> powerful words that you used to say to yourself a lot, maybe in athletics, maybe in other areas of your life. Ooh. Everybody goes silent. It's like, I don't want to say anything negative about myself. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys are too cute. Okay, so negative words that I have had. um, Boy, I I could tell you some. Okay, in my mind, I talk to myself and we all do it, you know. And so I have told myself that I'm not enough. I've told myself that I'm not strong, that I've not loved. I've told myself that my kids don't like me. I've told myself that I'm not fun. And I've told myself that that I'm not lovable, that I'm not good enough, and that I'm a loser sometimes. Lot of negativity there, lots of negativity. Yeah. And takes a lot of work to change that all around. And most of it, is in business, relationships, family, and things like that, which still is still in, you know, it's still the way I'm perceiving myself. Yeah. And once I perceive myself in a negative way, guess how I'm going to react to everybody around me? I'm going to be negative. Mm -hmm. I had to fix all that. That was a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) Allie, Amy, what about you guys? Well, definitely I've had a lot of negative thoughts about myself. I know a lot of us have those. Um, Many of those for me were about my body image and what I looked like. And 
to that effect. But I also wanted to point out when I was a coach, kind of what some of the negative language that I used to myself or used with myself then, because I know that as coaches, we all experience it. And so some of the things that I thought is we're not ready yet. And I know that seems like a little bit more simple, but thinking that we're not ready yet and those thoughts are going to portray in how I'm coaching. And then the athletes kind of start feeling like they're not ready yet. And so thinking we're not ready yet, thinking um, that I don't know how to coach a skill. Maybe I never done the skill or I've never coached that skill before. So I'm like, oh no, like, I don't know how to coach that skill, but typically we can figure it out. (laughs) Um, Thinking that I'm only good at coaching certain events. Um, Thinking that I'm only good at coaching certain ages. And so um, thinking like, oh, I don't know how to coach them. I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know how to relate to that age or thinking like, oh, I shouldn't go over to bars today because I don't really coach that event. I just coach floor or um, just lots of negativity around me as a coach. And then then believing that maybe you're not good enough to step into that role. So and that really affects how you coach and also can affect the athletes as well. And so I just wanted to point out, yeah, I've had tons of that negative self-talk and thoughts um, about me too, but then also in my coaching, it shows up too. Well, and I even think it's important, even some of the negative self-talk about body image, like, especially in the world of gymnastics, like part of the reason that body image continues to be such a huge issue is because it's an issue for the coach that's coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when we have issues with our own body and negative body image, then we pass that on in all of the ways that we talk about it with our athletes and to our children too. I think yeah. those are valid too. Yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed um, that when I'm working with coaches, one of the words, if we wanted to talk about getting rid of a powerful word that's impacting the way you're showing up for your team is the word need. I've noticed that that word does nothing to help you coach does nothing to help you parent. When you think you need to win this event, you need your kid to do the skill. You need your, your, your kid to understand that they need to believe in themselves. That word is, is it, it destroys a lot of relationships. It destroys a lot of enjoyment. So I switched that word to I choose or I'm willing or I want. Those are the three phrases I like to use when my head goes to, I need to get this done. It's like a red flag to me now. It's when when you talk about powerful words, as soon as I hear myself say, I need, I stop and I say, no, I don't. We don't need to win, guys. We don't need to get this skill. We don't need to be that, that gymnast that does everything perfect. We don't even need to be here today. We could go home and eat pizza and be just as awesome, right? So that word need, when I'm talking about for myself personally, I catch myself on that word every time I hear myself say it to myself. I need to get this list of stuff done. No, I don't. Your team does not need to get the workout done the way you think they need to get it done. You just don't. So that's one of those lies to me. Love it. I actually, uh, next month we're talking all about emotions and we're doing some really amazing podcasts. And I was working with my coach and I was like, I just need the athletes to understand their emotions and to be able to process them there. No, I didn't say I need, I said, they need to be able to do this. And she was like, do they? they? (laughs) But I realized, yeah, even just in that, that thought like was really creating this, this kind of, kind of pushy, graspy coaching style um, with the athlete that was like, 
you know, like, I don't even know what a feeling is. Um, and so like being able to, to change that is, is super powerful. It's really easy to, for me now to see what a coach is believing in general. I don't know their thoughts for sure, but I can kind of get a general idea based on how they're responding during a meet or a competition or a game. Mm. It's easy to see if they are thinking another, another phrase is should like they should have shown up different. They shouldn't have done that. Any phrase, any variation of should, but if they are acting desperate, if they're acting, if they're reacting, it's usually because they think they need to portray themselves in a way to the world that they don't need to do, but it it does become a desperate, a desperate result, a panic, a frustrating result for everybody. And so anyways, that's probably one of those words that I see myself catch myself on often is need, should, those are a couple. Amy, I definitely agree. And I find too, when I am doing that, that it turns into always that, like, I'm not doing enough as a Mm -hmm. coach. They need to do this and they need to do this and they need to do this. Therefore, here's all the things that I need to do. So then it's their needs plus my needs. And then it Mm -hmm. feels like never enough. So it can like build in so many different ways. Well, then you also have the parents saying, why didn't you put my kid in? So the coaches, the coach are hearing things from the parents. They're seeing what the athlete's doing. They're feeling doubtful in their own abilities or their own body or their own, you know, comfort. Mm -hmm. So they have all these layers they, it comes from, hey, I, I, maybe I did it wrong to they should be doing it right. So the parents might be blaming the coaches, the coaches are blaming the athletes. And it's just this vicious cycle that does no good. I think it comes with, I mean, and these are definitely conversations for other podcasts, but it comes so much with just the, the belief that our, like other people's thoughts and opinions mean something about us when we make them mean something and that we can control other people's behaviors, you know? And so like, we want to control our athletes' behaviors. We want to control our parents' behaviors um, and our athletes' behaviors or words and our parents' behaviors or words mean something about us as a coach. And then the same is true for a parent, like their child's words mean something about them. Like we really have this kind of like enmeshed relationship where we, we, really start to see our worth and our value as our job being dependent upon the way or the things that, that, that our athlete does. And so I'm only a good coach if my athlete performs well. So therefore I have to make them do something. And when we began to believe that, I think that those are the words that, that really start. And so like untangling that Mm-hmm. And knowing that their performance and their words don't mean anything about me and vice versa. Like I can be a great coach or I can be an awful coach. Like there's some gymnasts or athletes out there who perform super well and are really bad coaches. And there's some that don't perform really well at all and are great coaches, but we've just enmeshed it in our mind to mean something. I want to throw one more word out there as far as maybe thinking about the power of words, the word lose. In fact, I just had a talk with my editor about this because I put that in a book that I wrote that the phrase um, we lost is a phrase that I'd be really careful with because Mm -hmm. the word lose to me, I don't think is, I think it's another, I call them like lies. I don't think there's a lot of truth in the idea that you have lost ever in anything. And when your brain thinks that you've lost something, you're going to again, desperately go seek that in a way that's maybe not as 
fulfilling or satisfying um, personally or on a team. So I think when a parent sees the scoreboard and they're losing, I wonder how would we rephrase that for coaches and parents, guys? Because that's one of those phrases that I really have a in my head. I just, I just, it makes me a little bit like nails on a chalkboard. I'm like, ugh, let's not talk about losing because I don't think there's such a thing as losing. I mean, I yeah. can lose a finger. I can lose on the scoreboard the numbers, but the way that our, I, I guess the way we use that word is kind of like the word fail. It just doesn't really have much meaning to me anymore in the way that it impacts people's behaviors because I think that's a negative thing. There's a quote that Ryan brought up from Nelson Mandela that says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think replacing the word lose with learn. Yeah. I love that. We're learning. Mm -hmm. We're learning either way. We're always learning when we're winning too, but we're, we're, but the whole point of failure, the whole point of losing is to learn Mm -hmm. so that then you can continue to evolve as a coach, as an athlete, as a person. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if the scoreboard said like, here's the, the winners and the learners, like (laughs) instead of Instead of winning and losing. Yeah. They don't even have that phrase anymore. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, and I think that we tend to compare ourselves to the other team a lot of times or the other athletes rather than comparing ourselves to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So like you have no control over what the other team does. You only have control over what you do. And so maybe you won last game and then you actually improved still and in quotes are learning or lost the next game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and we focus on the fact that we just lost because of what the other team did and not on what we have done ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. I think um, focusing on you and what you can control is also another big thing that you can use instead of I lost to that team. You can be like, oh, I played so much better in this position because of all of these things. And here are things I can continue to improve on Mm -hmm. so that next time I'm more prepared for what the other team has to offer or for the other athletes. I have a quick, a quick story on that one. I was watching my little nephew play uh, basketball his first game. And his, my brother was standing there yelling at him saying, Hey, do this, do this. And he's just jumping. So excited. His hands were up because my brother said, put your hands up. Cause you know, so the other kids know to throw on the ball. So he puts his hands up, just smiling and jumping. And the kid that had the ball threw it straight to him. He didn't even notice the ball went right through his arms and he's standing there with his arms up, just jumping. So excited. <laughs> he had no idea that putting your arms meant putting your arms up meant that the ball was coming to you. Right. So he, I mean, he did exactly what he was told to do, but he had no connection of, oh, that means you're supposed to catch the ball when it comes to you. He was just excited to do what his dad said to do, right? It was so fun because I just love that innocence of we are learning, we are not losing. We are working, we are not failing. You know, those, those, so when we say power of words, you got to, and you can feel the difference. If you sit still for a second, you can feel the shift between I need to do this and I am willing to do this. I want to do this. I choose to do it. It's just, you can feel a shift in your motivation and that energy is what produces great athletes. Yeah. I like what Stacy said um, a little bit ago. She made a comment that said their words. Mm-hmm. And going back to the very beginning of our podcast, we, we said, what do we say to ourselves? As a coach and as a parent, 
we should be asking our athletes and our, and our kids, what are the words that they say? What are they telling themselves? What are the, what are the words that they're talking to themselves about? Because that the bottom line is that's the way they're going to perform mm -hmm. is the way that they're talking to their self. So don't be afraid as a coach to pull an athlete aside and say, Hey, what are you telling yourself when you're doing this routine? What are you telling yourself when you're making that shot and let them, and then let them talk to you about what they hear in their mind and those words that are coming through and then help them deal with whether they're good or bad. Well, we shouldn't say bad, but whatever they might be. Make sure and use powerful words on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as, as coaches, as parents, we do have a unique role in shaping our athletes and how they talk to themselves. A lot of the way that we talk to ourselves is the way that the people in authority talked to us when we were very young. Mm -hmm. But... They also get that from lots of places. And so you can work on the words that you use towards your athletes, towards your children, but also, yeah, exploring what words are they using um, and then helping them come up with, I, I, I want to uh, end with how we help shift into some new words. Um, I love the idea of thinking about it, of like how you would help a two-year-old who started swearing. <laughs> you know, like when, like when they're saying a word that's like really inappropriate, but they don't even actually really know what it means. They just know that they, you like kind of get a rise when they say it. So then they think it's funny and they say it more and more and more. Like mm -hmm. when you're, when you're dealing with a two-year-old who's saying a swear word, it's generally not helpful to be like, stop saying that word. You know, like that usually is just going to incite them or, or, or create fear. Instead, you just kind of gently like, hey, honey, we don't use that word. Hey, sweetie, that's not a word that we choose to use. Dad, let's use this word. And you just kind of like gently correct them again and again every time they use that word that you don't want them to be using. And so I think for yourself, it's not going to be helpful for you to be like, stop talking to yourself that way. You're not allowed to say that. Like that doesn't help you. But if you can gently be like, hey, honey, we don't use that word anymore. Um, like, you know, how Amy, you know, Amy said like, oh, I, I noticed that I'm using the word need. I don't need to do that. So let's shift that word. Um, and so I think gently for both yourself when you're trying to train yourself to stop using a word, um, but then also when you're trying to help your athlete or your child do that and then help them replace it. Mm -hmm. What's a word that would like, I yeah. love the idea of like, let's replace losing with learning. Mm -hmm. um, all right, guys, we learned last week. What did we learn? You know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, helping them replace it with another word instead of just leaving a void. Because when you leave a void, the same thing usually comes back. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's take just a minute and um, make one, one more suggestion for a word that you think should be replaced, a word to replace it with, and the way that you like mm. to help do that process. Mm. Okay. Ryan, go. you go first. Oh, Ryan, you go. go. <laughs> you had it. You want me to go? I'm sitting here trying to think of a word. Okay. Amy, go first. <laughs> okay. So one of the thoughts I also like is the phrase, I don't like. So I, if I, if I was going to work on maybe taking out some vocabulary words, I would work on maybe 
going with the opposite. What do I like? So if a, if you're an athlete, let's say, I always like saying beam series. That was one of my favorites to coach. So if a, an athlete's saying, I don't like beam series, then we can always shift it to, so what do you like to do on the beam? What do you like doing? Obviously, we're going to need a series. So tell me what you do like. And we just shift it from, I don't like this. Well, of course, everybody doesn't like something, but what do you like? And it shifts them to thinking outside of a, of a constrained type, they're in prison, they, they're stuck kind of idea. And it helps them open up a little bit. Okay, I've got one. <laughs> okay, um, all the time you, t- you tell yourself, or I tell myself, I can't. And I like to change that to say, I'm willing. I'm willing. That leaves me open for whatever possibilities come after it. It doesn't say I'm going to win. It doesn't say I'm going to do it. I'm just willing. Good shift. Mine's a little bit more specific, but it is in my head right now because I, my wedding dress came in yesterday, super excited, trying it on, looking in the mirror. It is beautiful. Like literally there is nothing you should be able to complain about. And then what do I do? Go straight to, I'm just too chunky for it right now. I'm like, oh, like eventually I won't be like, I'm working towards it, but right now I am. And how helpful is that? (laughs) It was not helpful in the moment. It was a beautiful dress and I was very excited about it. So I'm letting this like take over me, this too chunky. And, um, I liked sometimes when I have a hard time, like getting out of it, I think like, what would I be telling to my best friend? Like if she was standing in this beautiful dress and told me that she looked too chunky, I would be like, no way, girl, (laughs) you're amazing. Um, But for me, something that I believe um, I sometimes start changing it to thick (laughs) and I like thick because um, when I say chunky, I think fat. And when I say thick, I think muscle and strong. And I totally believe I'm strong. So I totally go from, um, it's kind of a long stepping process, but I go from chunky slash fat to thick and strong. And then I feel like I'm like in this dress for a reason. So I pick like just a small switch of something that makes me feel good about myself that will redirect me. Mine recently has been kind of more around, like, I don't have it all together, like get it together. That's kind of one that has been for my life, get it together. And so I don't have a good word yet, but I've just been, been thinking about get it together means the idea that when I have it together, everything will be great and I will be happy. (laughs) And so I've just been questioning that of like, what would it look like to just love the journey? Mm-hmm. instead. And so those aren't quite as like opposite, but for me, it's like, what would it look like instead of feeling like if I had it together, then I would be happy. But the process of whatever it is that I'm doing, what if I just loved the journey, enjoyed the journey instead of feeling like I will be happy once I get it together. And so I think that is a, a concept that you can, that you can use as well. Great conversation guys. Um, power of words, helping move, you know, we know that words are powerful. So the words that you're saying to yourself, the words that you're saying to your athletes, the words that you're saying to your children, let's work on shifting those and taking some out of our vocabulary that don't serve us, that don't serve our athletes and really move into some that will be, that will be powerful and strong in becoming the people that we want to be and becoming the athletes that we want our athletes and children to be. So 
All right. We'll see you guys next week when we start talking about creating powerful fuel. See you there. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.